It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 72 of Wrong End of the Podcast. Uh, Jesus. Wrong End of the Podcast. Oh, Wrong we're, end. we are cooking on gas today. We are totally cooking on gas today. Wrong End of the Stick Podcast with me, Zach Eaton, and skipper Jonathan Nimmo. Hello. Hello. Lucky, <laughs> I think, but uh, yeah, let's, let's go with it. I mean, you can tell we're out of practice. We haven't done this for a while, so, you know, people are going to have to get used to us, you know, getting back yeah. into the swing of things. But, yeah, we've a lot to talk about. A lot has gone on in cricket over mm-hmm. the last few weeks while we've been, you know, off and ill and all the other things that have been happening to us. But, um, yeah, some serious, some, you know, less less serious, some more, more lighthearted thing. But we're going to try and cover it all. Basically, we're going to give a rapid wrap-up of everything that's happened in cricket over the last few weeks today. Yeah. All prepped and ready so people can get, get sorted and ready for the ashes starting on Wednesday. That was That's it. We're going to, you know, the ashes is kind of our personal highlight of the cricketing calendar. So we will spend a fair bit of time on that. But we do have a slightly more serious issue to get to first, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, and I think a really relevant issue. And I, I, I think, to be honest, we could probably chat about this for hours. We, we probably should, and we might yet. Uh, this might be the longest podcast episode we've ever done. Um, but, um, but obviously this, this bit that we're going to talk about is the, the racism in cricket scandal and in particular focusing around Yorkshire, uh, cricket club. Um, now I think that's going to be one of the points that I'm going to come on to, um, shortly is because I'm certain that this is not just a Yorkshire issue. This no. is widespread, but this is, kind of looks like it's going to be the catalyst for change. But for anyone who doesn't know what's happened, we're going to give a very, very brief overview of the quite long uh, and twisting tale of, of what's happened. And this all centres around um, a, an ex-cricketer now, uh, Azim Rafiq, 
um, who played for Yorkshire Cricket Club for about 10 years, I think, about 2008, 2018, um, and has made a lot of allegations. I'm not even sure that we should call them allegations now. They're quite clearly, you know, they're not made up. Let's, let's put it that way. They're, they're absolutely founded in truth um, about widespread racism right throughout um, Yorkshire Cricket Club in particular. Um, so he he sort of made this these sort of allegations. It was it was a long time ago now. I think it was it was sort of it was, se- last, last year, wasn't it was it? September um, twenty twenty that he made a- accusations, and since then, um, a number of those accusations have been confirmed to be true. And and, yeah. and now we're we're kind of in the midst of um, well, there'll be independent um, investigations into Yorkshire. Um, but also in, in, in cricket as a whole, there's been a lot of movement, as, as I'm sure people listening are, are aware. Um, yeah, it's it's come a, it's come a long way, and I think part part of the the issue was because there was these allegations made, and as you said, absolutely been proven true. But there was a rep- sort of an internal review by by Yorkshire Cricket Club, who who sort of said that we're going to you know a widespread review and look at the policies and culture. And effectively, that came back, and they said, basically said, "Oh, it was just banter. This is nothing. We're not going to take any action. Um, mm. This is the end of it." And at that point, that's when things really blew up because yeah. effectively they were basically condoning all those acts of racism, and it hit sort of wider media. I mean, it was one of the very, very few things my wife sent me a link to, like, "Oh my God, have you heard about this?" Yes, um, you know, but it it was cricket reaching a wider audience for all the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, and they, they were really just trying to sweep it under the rug, to be honest, which was which was absolutely awful. Um, so since then, that really did spark a massive reaction. Um, and well, the, there's been huge amounts of of change at Yorkshire Cricket Club since then. So. I mean, the chairman went, I think, 16 coaches and officials and, and people have, have either been fired or resigned or, you know, whatever <coughs> the, the, the wording has been on it. But they've, they've all left the club. Um, uh, there's been a MP's inquiry about it. So Azim Rafiq, and if anybody does want to learn more about what has happened to Azim Rafiq, we're not going to go into to all of the details about it today. I would genuinely suggest anyone go and watch his um, his statement that he gave to the to the MPs inquiry because uh, it's awful and he is like really emotional about it and it's really heart wrenching to watch but it shows what an impact it can have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's I think it's yeah I would definitely recommend doing that. Um, I'm going to have a look at that because yeah, it's it, it's it's worth watching. It's worth learning more about. It. It's something everybody should make themselves aware of. I think. Mm, no, definitely. Uh, I think what's so, I think what's so sort of compelling for me in in the, the stuff that the has been going through at the moment and what he's sharing is, I know we covered in the pod a few um, few episodes ago about a. Uh, a cricketer that was dropped from the test squad for comments that they made when they were kind of younger. We had a conversation about, yeah. um, you know, about you know, social media and, and the age that he was and what kind of 
punishment and what kind of you know action should be sort of taken. Uh, I think for me the the apparent openness of racism from not just within the team but from senior players and and you know a captain at the time is a real indication of things not being right from mm-hmm. from the top down in terms of you know racism and going back to your point that I, I can bet my last quid that it isn't going to be just isolated in Yorkshire um and that it's something that as a as a as a sport needs mm-hmm. to be looked into and changes need to be made. I mean, some of the things that he's been saying in, in, in these inquiries and some of the things that he's experienced, I think, are disgusting just on just on a normal mm-hmm. kind of day-to-day level if, if an individual was to experience it, let alone when you're playing for, you know, uh, you're supposed to be amongst your peers, amongst people that support you and develop you and, and people that you should be looking up to. I just think it's... Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised, and I'm not as surprised as I should be. I think I'm. I, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really with you there, and I think that, and that is such a sad thing to say, isn't it? And it's. It's. I'm not surprised either. Um, you know, and, and there, there's been accusations uh, to to people at all different levels throughout Yorkshire, involved in Yorkshire Cricket Club. But there's, there's, you know, even. Um, Michael Vaughan, and I know he disputes this one, but there's there's, there's comments that he has, has supposedly made that you know multiple people have said you know, backed up this story that you know he said something to a group of, of Asian players and and you know it's it's absolutely not on and it it does seem to be that it's that institution that's just so accepted right yeah. throughout the culture yeah. Um, and yeah and it's absolutely not just Yorkshire there's there's no doubt that that things like this will have happened up and down the country. There's no way that this is just there. My my hope is that this, and, and what Azim Rafiq is going through, because it's clearly really tough, and there's, there's been allegations going around about people trying to keep him quiet while he's been bringing these things up. And, and mm-hmm. again, big media, people in the media and celebrities that you would, you would know, been trying to keep this quiet to protect cricket. And I think that's, completely the wrong way of going about it i think i think to to grow and to recover and to come back from this you have to almost just burn it all to the ground and and own it and be like yep you know what this was there it was wrong we know it's wrong we've learned we're growing we're going to take this forward and i think that's what yorkshire are now trying to do Mm. um you know, with that raft of, of, you know, I don't know how many people work at Cricket Club, but there's, there must be about 20 odd that have left. 20 odd, then they, yeah. And they've, they've, they've reinstated. Like, that's, that, that's a lot. Mm. And, you know, Darren Goff's been put in charge, in, like, he's director of cricket now yeah. and that is trying to, you know, draw, draw a line under, under that era. And, and, you know, I mean, I would have loved, and I'm not saying that Darren Goff, I mean, I, I thought he was great as a player, and I, I think you know that's that's fantastic and good for him getting that job. I would have loved to have been <laughs> somebody of Asian background getting that job and really making a statement of this is the way we're going to go forward. Yeah, obviously you know you've got to find the right person who's qualified for the job and all the rest yeah. of it and all all that kind of stuff. But it would have been that's it. I feel like that's a missed opportunity by Yorkshire personally. But, but I think that's the yeah. thing. It, it's it's it, maybe it is a missed opportunity, but again it's a it's a real potentially a PR level and I think this is this is something that is 
deeper rooted within kind of mm-hmm. what it, and the fact that it's it's recent we're not talking about a, yeah. a, a a county team in you know the the late 80s coming up to the noughties we're, yeah. we're we're speaking about people that are still active in cricket and still mm-hmm. in leadership positions well yeah still in leadership positions yeah. so yeah. this is really kind of relevant and, and it's 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 such a mixture of things and race being embroiled in that but also bullying and harassment as well um Mm-hmm. I think it's just it is just a kind of compounded mess but I think you're right I think it does need to be that case that it's not just one of those things where you know we sweep it under the under the rug I think that's mm-hmm. completely the wrong attitude and anybody that approached um anybody looking to kind of share their experiences to make it better and say oh no you know it would be a bad decision I think they should really feel ashamed <laughs> Absolutely. Of themselves based on what he's been kind of sharing. I mean, some of the comments, you know, it's just, and it's, it's just, it's, the thing for me, it's, it's, it, it, it needed to happen to come out and to come out in a really public way, which is what has happened because I think that is the way that you can grow trying to sweep, as you said, trying to sweep under the rug was, was terrible. Mm. I think my hope is that this does bring big changes to, to, English domestic cricket. I mean, you know, I think I think it's something that we've we've talked about for, for for a while. Is you look at sort of the percentage of of like local level um, players in in the UK that are playing cricket, and there's a huge percentage of those those players are from an Asian background. Mm. You look at the England team. There's a handful of players that from an Asian descent that make it. You know, you're talking. What in terms of look at the um, England Ashes squad? What Moin Ali? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's probably going to be it from the Test team, I think. Um, you know, and it's not it's not right, and it, that that shows that there's something deeply wrong. Mm. And one of the things that I, I was thinking that this this summer in particular has been such positive in terms of the hundred and getting new people into cricket. Maybe this is perfect timing, and maybe there was all that talk around like the old institutions of cricket were under threat from the hundred actually if this is what the institutions of cricket have had maybe a changing of the guard is exactly what's needed Mm. and maybe this is the start of you know a fresh new beginning yeah I think you're right I wonder how high we'd have to go to, to root out some of that kind of stuff. And I, I think I think changing of the form, I think you're right. I think the 100 has done a great deal for diversity and I've loved the coverage on both the male and, and, and female stuff. And I think it's it's more attractive to to, to, to budding young cricketers and to, to people from different backgrounds. I think the other formats of the game can do that. I think it needs to come from... You know, there's also there's there's also this kind of vibe. I mean, when we've been to Lords, you know, we've got the kind of that that you know what we would probably describe in lighter conversations about that quintessential sort of old English cricketer with their bacon and eggs tie and you know all very you know kind of old school. And I, I think yeah, we I think some feathers do need to kind of be ruffled. But it's about how you you address that, and I think you. You can't try and enforce values. It needs to be something that is just ends up being tacit. And it's, it, 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 I, 
you need to go quite high up. And I think there's some people that we haven't heard from yet that are probably going to keep shitting about this. But, and I, I would like to see people say, do you know what? Yeah, it is. It is something that we're trying to work on and hold their hands up and say, you know, maybe it, maybe it is a cultural thing and maybe we want to do changes as opposed to saying, oh, no, I've been caught. Um, oh, is it just Yorkshire? No, of course it's not Yorkshire. And of course it's not just those select individuals that have since kind of resigned. And I think it, it, this is the best time ever for cricket, for people in those up there um, to start opening their doors and start saying, yeah, do you know what? For the past 30, 40, well, beyond that, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we have been racist. It is part of the culture. We have been old school in all the wrong areas as well as some of the right ones. So we are we are in solidarity going to try and make some changes and stop that happening as opposed to just dealing with this isolated incident. And the coverage has been great and there's been a lot of heavy stuff that's being said and being shared. And I think uh, one of the panel in that inquiry said, you know, you're incredibly brave for saying some of the stuff mm-hmm. that he did because a lot of it was emotional and really mm-hmm. yeah. this was just a man, just a man that's experienced incredible injustice and, and some of the comments, you know, it is because it, it's. And I think he, he said at one point that it was um, he like dreaded every day going in. And yeah. I was like, you know that that's a horrible position to have been put in mm. to have the talent to get to where he got, but for no reason other than you know the color of his skin to to be subjected to that and to be made to be miserable going in is is horrendous. Yeah. You know no. No one deserves that. That that's awful. Yeah, awful. So yeah, it's um, it will be, be interesting to see what comes of here. There's, there'll be more to come, I'm sure. And you know, it's we'll, we'll see what happens next. But I think you're right in terms of a lot of the institutions are, you know, there's a lot that's built on tradition. Yeah, tradition isn't an excuse for racism. No, and that has to you you have to separate the two mm. and you can keep your traditions that you know <laughs> that, that aren't racist and that are okay but you had the rest of it has to has to drop away and has to change and has to mm. adapt um, and it's yeah it, it I'm, I'm hopeful that it will change i'm ever the optimist but i am no, I this am. overall will be a positive thing i think i i he should be so incredibly proud of himself because mm. it, it does take some really horrible times and horrible decisions for him to make to go public and, and to, you know, be a part of that scrutiny and for people to feel uncomfortable for change to happen. And, I, you, you know, it's I don't think it is kind of blind optimism. Is optimism. I think because of his actions, I think this will drive change. And that can only be a positive thing for cricket if we are being more inclusive and we are making sure that away from you know the ECB to our village you know kind of communities that people feel that from any race or background if you love the sport you should have a place amongst your peers and amongst your team and amongst you know new people new new potentially new friends and teammates to 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 feel welcome and and know that you know it doesn't matter where you come from or the color of your skin that you're respected as a player just like in any sport professional amateur in anything in any mm-hmm. That anybody does in any kind of decision to walk of life. So, 
Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it shouldn't be forgotten. He's, he's a 30 year old guy. He's, mm. he's, you know, he's a guy that just loves his cricket and wanted to be a part of that and, and clearly had the talent to be there as well. And, yep. you know, to, to be, you know, the subject of, of horrible, horrific treatment because of that is just, you know, that's it's just no, there's no place for it at all. And, um, you know, he's he's been through a lot, and he is an incredibly strong man. I think he should be incredibly proud of what he's done. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd like again for for those numbers, this won't make much sense. But in, in the sports personality of the year stuff, I would really hope there's some special award to him because he has made a massive difference. And we're only just starting to see the start of that change. And mm. you know, I mean, I haven't looked on Twitter around all of this stuff because I, I some things. You know, Twitter is great for some things, but other things it brings out the worst in people. And I don't want to look there because I'm certain he is still being subjected to all kinds of abuse there. Um, but he should be incredibly proud. He is bringing real positive change to to cricket, and I think that's something that he really should be very, very proud of. And I think, yeah, my hope is that this is a low point, and we're kind of reaching that low point, and that it will build back better braver, stronger, and that was a very political phrase. I don't know where that came from. Apologies, <laughs> but but you know that I hope that, that that this is the start where we will we will come back stronger yeah. together with it. And you know, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of education to go on for a lot of people. But I, I think, my hope is that the, the right people are willing to to embrace that. Yeah, you're spot on there, and I think it is about education. I think they're doing a good job of some of the PR and adverts and stuff that they're doing about unity and stuff, but I think you're right. I think it comes from understanding and education to build that, you know, more unified, inclusive kind of environment. But mm. And I would recommend everyone um, to go out and pick up a copy of Michael Holding has a book who, who has written... Um, um, I can't remember what it's called now. I will look it up in a second. But he's written a book and he has interviewed people like Usain Ball and all kinds of other uh, black athletes about the racism that they faced. Um, and obviously Michael Holding is a cricketing, you know, legend. Um, but um, he has, um, yeah, and it's a really fascinating book. I'm, I'm partway through reading that at the moment. And it is really interesting, just his 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 take on racism. And, and he's speaking to sort of, well, superstars, Thierry Henry and all kinds of other people. And I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so um, it's called Why We Kneel and How We Rise. And it's all about that whole, you know, taking the knee and that kind of thing. And, and it's, yeah, if anyone wants to go and learn more about this issue, do go and pick that up because it is an extremely good read. So there you are. Beautiful. Have we solved world cricket now, I think? I think we've made a, I think we've made a dent. Small, small den. Yeah, that's all we can ask for. I think that's good. <laughs> Shall we move on to Pastures New and, well, you know, our favourite topic, which is the Ashes, isn't it? You know? Absolutely. Oh, the Ashes. Well, the Ashes are here. We're on the eve of the Ashes. By the time this comes out, it will probably be, you know, a day away. So, um, so the Ashes test, five tests, England and Australia, in Australia, starts this Wednesday. So what can we say? We went through the England team a few weeks back, didn't we? Or what mm-hmm. you know, the likely England team would be and gave them all. Did we give them grades or numbers? I can't remember what we gave them. I, I, give, I, I think, think we gave them out of 10, didn't we? I think it was something like out of 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But there is one player that is now available that wasn't when we were talking back then. And I believe we mentioned him because, you know, we like to. And that's Sir Benjamin Stokes. Um, he is back. He He's has back. He has returned from his um, cricket in hiatus. He's back. Yep. He's down under at the moment. He's playing well from what I can gather in the sort of warm-up games. And, uh, yeah, he's going to go straight into that team with the first name on the team sheet. So that's going to be... It adds an extra layer of intrigue, I think, to the matches. I think it gives... I think it gives a lot of hope. I hope he's been out. And my worry is that, you know, I hope he's fit. I hope he's... I hope he kind of, you know, still got that form, still got that aggression. But I think it just... It doesn't just add another layer to... The, the team and to the side, it adds a three-dimensional kind of element of hope in in so many ways. I think just what he brings to the team with that ball out in the field, and I think the Australians they they're probably kind of you know slapping their knees and, and thinking oh we've got him as well coming down. So yeah, it's really good to hear, really good to see. I'm glad that he managed to overcome. You know what what he was going through to 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 get back is so timely. It's, he's he's like like I, a white I, rider I, over the I, hill. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do feel like he should have come in when England were two 0 down from the first two tests, and then he comes in for the third, and then we win a sweeping three yeah. two victory. And yeah, that's the film. That's the yeah. film that I would be making. However, I'm so glad he's in from the first test because yeah, he absolutely yeah. he is the Gandalf White Knight coming in. Um. I mean, I'll be honest, that doesn't still make me totally confident, but I'm so glad he's back. And I think that, and I'm really glad it's still there, but that that desire, that burn, that itch to want to do the best you can, I don't think he could bear to sit at home and not not be there and not give everything um, Mm. to be part of it. So, you know, I'm so glad he's he's in. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fantastic. And if nothing else, it's going to make the Australians a little bit worried. Yeah. They're going to be a bit scared because if you've got Ben Stokes in your team, he is a game winner. No matter how the rest of the team plays, he can win you matches pretty much single-handedly. And that will worry them, which is exactly as it should be. Um, so I think that's a fantastic um, addition. Shall we have a quick chat about the Australia team, though? As we yeah. promised to do this ages ago, and we never quite got around to doing it, but shall we have a look at what their their team looks like? Um, so obviously they have not been without their own scandals at the moment, so they've had another Australian cricket captain has resigned in tears at a press conference, um, which is becoming habit for Australian cricket captains now. Um, but Tim Payne has gone, so he um, has not only resigned, he is not going to be taking part in the rest of the series either. He has taken a Ben Stokes-like indefinite leave um, from oh. cricket due to mental health problems. Now, I did the, not know his, that. Yes, his mental health problems, uh, not the person who he apparently allegedly sexted um, um, and sent unsolicited uh, lewd messages to, uh, which is basically what brought around his resignation. Um, so, yeah, he has, I presume, come under fire from the Australian media, who can be pretty relentless with these kind of things, uh, or certainly the British media would be as well. Um, so, yeah, he's taken a break from cricket, so he is not going to be in the team at all. So that has left a gap. Um, but let's go through and 
give. We'll just go through what their likely first 11 is going to be. I don't know exactly what it'll be, but their likely first 11, and let's give them similar scores and rankings and ratings and stuff, shall we? Are we are, what are we doing? Are we doing marks out of 5, marks out of 10, or...? I think it was marks out of 10 that we did for England. Okay, let's do marks out of 10 again, then. So we opened with, um, well, David Warner. He's back. He's yeah. in. Um, now, last time he was playing in the Ashes was was in England when Stuart Broad got him out, I think, pretty much every single time for barely any runs ever, and he mm. totally just seemed to have his number. But we've also seen David Warner in his most destructive, where he can absolutely destroy you and you can be 100 for no wickets very, very quickly. Yeah. So I don't know which David Warner's going to turn up. And that's possibly the the biggest, well, one of the biggest question marks about this first year of your team, because, yeah, which which one are we going to get? I think, well, if he if he goes out to the centre like he has done in some of his T20 performances and we can't bowl him out, then we're in a bit of trouble. He has potential to really hurt us, but I think based on the discussion that we had around the England squad and I think some of the other elements in the Australian team. and I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel that he it could be a bit of a wild card. I think it could be a few kind of inconsistent sort of performances where, you know, you might absolutely dominate and get a start. I think the mm. thing with Warner is you don't want him to get a start. That's it. And I, th- I think the first innings of the first game mm. could be really interesting because if Stuart Broad comes in and gets him out early yeah it's going to knock him hopefully was, how much is that doubt going to be in his head and how yeah. much is that going to undermine his confidence and you know mm. that that could so I think the first innings of the first test is going to be really interesting um, yeah I mean based on the last dashes then I, uh, I don't know it's like a it's like a really um it's like a really tentative six. And I give him a six, not a five, because we know how much of a good batsman he is and can be. And I also think that number, if we don't get it right on our end when we're, when we're bowling, um, that number could potentially jump up as, 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 the, as the matches go on. So that's where I'd kind of put it, I think. I think that's probably about right. Um I'm trying to think of it as would I want him on the England team over sort of Perceva Mead and Rory Burns who are likely to be out here and like well, probably for potential but also it wouldn't be a comfortable decision no um, I, I wouldn't like to answer as as part of the, so, you know because you know, he definitely has the possibility of being far better than both of those but also he has the possibility of going out very cheaply so tricky one tricky one um his opening partner is going to be Marcus Harris, who's only had 10 tests. I don't think we've seen much of him before. His average is 23, which is not world-beating. Uh, there was likely to be a, a debutant, um, a young kid called Pukowski, uh, but he got hit on the head, so he's going to miss certainly the first two tests. But if Harris doesn't perform, you can imagine he's he's going to be penciled in for the third, but don't know much of what to expect from Harris, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know, four for me. Just, so he, he could come in and be brilliant, but I've not seen enough of him to, to have much confidence in him, to be honest. So, um, Of course, it then gets slightly terrifying because you then have Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne 
Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I struggled not to give either of those tens, to be honest. They're both terrifying <laughs> players. They're both incredibly stubborn batsmen who are very, very difficult to get out and can score you a lot of runs. And, you know, if if those two both have good series, then Australia will win 5 nine. They are, they are kind of pivotal players, mm-hmm. and they, they are they, they are they players are. that make or break a game. And and the the question is because Australia's batting isn't great outside of them, but those two are two of the best batsmen in the world. So do you need great batting outside of them? Is is the question? You just need half half a performance here and there to to support them. My hope is that they're not in form. I don't know if that's true, but my hope is that they're not going to be. Um, but yeah, I struggle to give them anything other than nines or tens. Personally. Yeah, and Archer, Archer's in, or is he still injured? No, he's still injured. I think he's he's, he's missing. Yeah, he's missing. He's missing lot. it. This is this is yeah, really This is where, unless we've taken a lot of notes from the last time round and. We've got some approaches from the other bowlers that they think could kind of work. I think Stokes kind of has that same threat with the with some of the bouncers that might rattle them a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think ugh, they can. <laughs> it's not going to be swinging down under that much, and I Definitely. just hope. I just hope we can. There needs to be some kind of tactic. I hope that they've got something at least worked out that. Will either get him second guessing or at least kind of restrict him as much as possible. Because um, yeah, if if not, then that might well be already before we started a nail in the coffin. So I'm hoping we've got some kind of plan for that. But I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think the fifth um, batsman is going to be Travis Head. It was a, it was sort of a debate between Kawaja and Travis Head. I think Travis Head is going to get in there ahead of him. Ahead of him, hey. hey. Um, but if, you know, I mean, he's he's I mean, he's average just under forty, so he's he's certainly not a bad player by any means at all. But I think if he was the player you were most worried about in the batting lineup, you you you're going to do okay. Mm. Um, he certainly has potential to get some big scores, um, and he's been in good domestic form. But you know, we'll 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 see what happens with him. But I, he's not a player that worries me like the other two do. Mm. Um, so I don't know, seventh him. Yeah. Um, and then Alex Carey, who's going to be the wicketkeeper, hits his debut as well. Um, so he's stepping into Tim Payne's shoes. Is, um, isn't he? Oh, he's going to be captain as well, isn't he? No, no, he's no. not. Um, I think he's captain for his county team. Um, right, but, okay. Um, no, their captain is one of the bowlers, which is an interesting one, but we'll come to that in a sec. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Alex Carey, again, um, playing very much one-day player, so could be destructive in places, but unlikely to stick around for, for very long. But if Labuschagne and Smith have done the work for you, him coming in is not a pretty sight. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see what he... Does I'd again give him a six probably for me? Maybe a five. Five, yeah. I'd rather have Warner than him. Let's give him a five. <laughs> and then again, for me, this is where it starts to get scary when you get into the Australian bowling lineup. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with the newly appointed captain Pat Cummins. Um, ah, so yeah, um, not... a, yeah, he's a good. I mean, good player. I'm, I, I'm not a massive fan of having bowler as captain. 
because I think they just ball themselves all the time. And if it's nice and easy, they'll they'll, they'll bring themselves on to get a few wickets and stuff. And, you know, maybe that's just the way I would ball. But you know, um, especially a yeah. pace bowler like Cummings, exactly. you'd expect yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah, but we've got Cummings, Hazelwood, and Stark as the three pace bowlers, which is terrifying to be honest with you. Yeah. They've got pure pace in Stark. They've got accuracy. They've got consistency. That it's everything you don't want to see coming at you from the other side, particularly on quick fancy pitches. But mm. and then Nathan Lyon to back him up as, as a spinner as well. Um, God, he's naughty as well. He's yeah, it's, good. It's, t- yeah, he's a good talker, good spinner. He's got he's I mean, just he fielding and in key. Uh, I mean. I'm just thinking back to the World Cup where he uh, he managed to not stamp out whoever it was, yeah. was running down the other end. But uh, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, there's not very much, very many weaknesses there in their polling lineup at all. No. And given that England's biggest weakness is their batting fragility, I mean, it could it could very it could fall apart very quickly. But England will be up for it. England will be as much yeah. as they are for anything, but whether that's going to be enough. I mean, if if you look at that, having gone through that team, how many England players would make it into that team? I mean, I think Joe Root would probably know, well would definitely get in ahead of Travis Head. Yeah, that would. I mean, imagine Labuschagne, Smith, and Root as your as your three batsmen. <sighs> that's terrifying. But what Ben Stokes would probably be in. Somewhere there, yeah. Um, I don't know how many other England players make it in. Uh, yeah, Just not Butler. Any. Maybe a keeper. Maybe. Maybe Broad. They'd entertain Broad, but again, it's not swinging down there. So yeah, not not. I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I struggle to see where England, many England players would make it into that team. Mm. I think Root and Stokes would probably be it. And at that yeah. point. On an individual basis, you're saying that probably nine of the Australian team are better than the England team. So it's mm. it's quite a scary prospect for an England. Isn't I think it's it's just I think it's just we're talking about fragility of batting. That's you know, has been the case I think for a big portion of our podcast, and I, I think it's it's one element definitely. I also think it's just that they've just got the right combination don't they they've got a very secure um you know if you look at the bowlers for instance start Cummins um that's that's horrible um yeah and then you've yeah, got that's like, the thing. There's, there's no let's there's no oh well let's just see off Stark because he's the main threat and we can then get runs from the others yeah yeah there's, there's no let up in in their their attack at all there's no let up whatsoever yeah and that that's the problem that you can't just see one bowler off because you quite fancy taking on another one. They're all monsters. They're all they're all real, mm. real, yeah, terrifying prospects to face. We've got some quite young members of the team as well in mm. the England squad, and that's yeah. another thing that worries me because yeah. if they if they've not been exposed enough, and they probably have in other formats of the game and, and stuff like that, but the immense pressure of the Ashes. Mm. Down in Australia, for some of these batsmen, I think it really does highlight, like you say, the fragility of, of, of the batting, and it will take some key players like Stokes, like Root, who've who've been who ran the gauntlet to kind of try and hold it down. Whereas if you look at the Australian team, they've already got those players that could make or break a game, but the rest of their team look 
solid. They look yeah. dangerous all across it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, yeah, you're right. England do have a young team. And I think this is probably the majority of those Australia players are in their peak. Mm. Like, and the England team are on the ride because they've got a lot of youngsters that are starting to come into the team. The, the older guard are pretty much moving on. Mm. And I just think this this Australia team, they're, they're facing an Australia team that's, you know, right up there. Most of the, those players, you know, in four, four years' time when England go back down to Australia, the majority of this team won't be there playing for Australia. Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, Mitchell Stark's 31. He's, you know, for a fast bowler, that's that's getting on a bit. Um, you know, you look, you're looking at, on the batting side, Steve Smith's 32. Yeah, he could be around, but in four years' time, is he going to be around? Probably not. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, they've got some younger players, but the core of that team is older. Mm. Um, and I just, I don't know, it feels to me that if England go and win this series, it would be one of the greatest be immense. ever upsets in Ash's history. Absolutely immense. A battle-hardened Australian team yeah. full of, you know, arguably, sometimes not even arguably, some of the best players in their fields in, in, in the world yeah. against yeah. a kind of, and I don't want to say lacklustre, I, I feel like we've got a lot of energy, we've got a lot of potential, but we are definitely the underdogs, I feel, going into this. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if, if I had to put my house on you know, a particular outcome, mm. it's going to be a big Australia win. You know? So I just... Yeah. It's huge, huge underdogs. Huge underdogs. Um, but strange things happen in cricket sometimes. And you know it. That's it. Games, games may be closer than we expect. Um, mm. you, you can never tell. My, my concern is England have very little um, practice. In fact, I think mm. they had like a day of batting and that was about it because they, they, their warm-up match got and their warm-up match was within their, with their beating it was the England Lions and it got washed out so I, I just don't think there's been time to practice at all so that that really concerns me um, yeah I don't, I don't yeah I'm, I'm not confident at all it's just sort of bringing us through to prediction time I think I will while I'm letting you have a ponder of what you think the score is going to be I will say that the fifth test is being confirmed. It's been moved from Perth now. It's definitely not going to happen in Perth. They're either going to move it to Melbourne or Hobart. Um, Hobart never hosted Nash's game, I believe. Um, or it's going to go back to Melbourne. They're going to have two in Melbourne, uh, which will be interesting. But yeah, due to COVID restrictions ah, and stuff, that's they, fast, they, yeah. They, uh, yeah, no, they, it can't happen there. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be elsewhere, which will be an interesting one. So um, again, I don't know if that. If, you know, they, uh, I'm guessing they're restricting the amount of people that can go to these games as well, which might lend I'm small not sure, advantage. To be honest, I'm not sure. I believe certainly in the build-up to it, because there's five Australian states where the games are going to be played. They're all five different states. They all had different restrictions. Oh, so try, trying to keep up with that was a nightmare, and I was I, I gave up on trying to figure out what on earth was happening. I was like, I'll figure it out when it gets there, and. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a tough one, and I think it's going to be tough for, for the England players as well. You're not only travelling; you've got a lot of these COVID restrictions, and Australia's been really tight on those restrictions and stuff. And, and you know, totally get that, but it's tough for a you know for a you know a team that's touring to to 
you know, get the best prep and the best rest and recovery and all the rest of it in between games there. So, well, I put it off long enough. My pen is poised. Um, what is your overall Ashes prediction? I so my my ever blazing optimism <laughs> is in complete conflict with my kind of practical everything you see around you. <laughs> yeah, with my practical and evidence based opinion. So I'm going to go right down the middle, and, and I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be two two and a draw. <gasps> And really they're going to retain it, yeah. And that that would be huge. Wouldn't it? It, I would love that. I would that still would be, love that. That's that a win be, for me. That that absolutely for England. If England got anywhere near that, that would be a massive win. Yeah, massive win. Um, now I have two scores in my head, and I'm not sure which one I'm going to go for overall. Um, I'm working on the presumption that all five games get finished because, well, I just presume it's Australia and it never rains in Australia, which I know is totally not true, but that's what I'm working on the basis of. Um, before Ben Stokes came back, I had 5-0 firmly fixed in my mind. What? Now Ben Stokes is back, I wonder whether England might nick one. Or at least might nick a draw. Maybe I'm going four nil. Maybe that's the score I should plump with. You I was going to be four. I was going to be five nil or four one. And I think I am probably going to go for four. No, I'm going five nil. I think five. I think five nil is the most likely result. I genuinely. I am. Think. I am blown away. I'm absolutely blown away that you would say that on this podcast. Five nil. I'm always a pessimist on these predictions, you know this, but I genuinely can't see. Look, look as we said, England have two players that would get anywhere near that Australia team. Two players. We're, we're missing our most dangerous bowler. You know. Has there ever I, been a has there ever been an Ashes series where it's been five nil? When was the last oh, time that there's happened? There's been plenty. I'm gonna I'm gonna research that as we speak. But there's been plenty. <laughs> Five nils in the in the past. You you didn't start watching cricket, you know, until beyond the nineties. There were plenty <laughs> in the nineties, believe me. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I I think fair. I think I think logically, I don't think it's a bad prediction. <laughs> you know, I think it's still. I think it's pretty darn tooting the a bit high in terms of. Australia's favour, but I think I think it's I, I don't think anyone would bat an idea. If, if we had a, in 2013, we had a five nil uh, to us or to them? No, to them. <laughs> these are these are all to Australia. Uh, okay. In 2006, there was a five nil. Okay. Uh, um, those are the most recent ones. There's been a good few four ones. There's a three nil and a four nil, but obviously things got washed out there. Uh, okay, yeah, that'd be too many before that. Again, a good, good four, a good few four nils, but again, obviously with things being uh, rained off, so you don't always get. Yeah, actually, to be fair, going back beyond that is quite a long time before that 2006 one. That clearly scarred me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Got P- Ashes PTSD. Yeah, I really. Do. <laughs> and obviously, there was the four nil. The last time England were in Australia. So, I mean, maybe that's what I should have come for. Maybe we should have come for a 4-0. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's tough. It's tough to win in Australia, you know? Yeah, that is true. That is true. That's why I'm hoping, even if they retain, if even if they retain the Ashes, mm. 
but it's just purely a, 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 they retain them, then that that to me morally is is a win for that that's, that's, that's and that'd be such a boost, such a boost to everyone involved, new it, players, it, young yeah, players. That would, be, that would be that would be massive, yeah, yeah, absolutely massive. Um, well, there we are. Our scores are in the books. So first test starts on Wednesday at midnight in the UK time. I don't know what time that is in Australia, probably 11am or something. Um, but yeah, first test in Brisbane. So there, be there. Stay up. There. <laughs> midnight. I mean, that's uh, you've got to basically become nocturnal to watch these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely brutal. Um, but I tell you what, if it starts going England's way and it's not the most painful thing to watch. I'm absolutely going to have a few nights where I uh, am up in the middle of the night, and you know you're going to see me coming to work, not looking very happy the next morning. I'll <laughs> sleep and have spent eight hours watching Australia just demolish us. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Let us know what you're doing to keep yourself awake through the night to watch uh, to watch the Ashes. We need your tips. Produce yeah. lots of tea and coffee, as I imagine is the way forward. But yeah, let us know if you've got any other tips and tricks. Um, there is two very, very other brief things I think we should probably mention, just in other bits of news. And then I've got a real life, ah uh, uh, yes, I've got real life Umpire Strikes Back for you. I'm looking um, forward to this, which came about when I was actually watching some cricket the other day. Um, so just two other very quick, bit quick bits of news uh one the hundred have announced that they are doubling all women's salaries for next season's hundred which still brings them absolutely nowhere near the um men's salaries but they're double the women's salaries which is a massive step in the right direction and Mm -hmm. long may that continue to happen um you know that's uh, yeah absolutely very much needed so yeah good good big up to the hundred there and then finally, um, something that we would have devoted a lot more time to if we normally had the time for it, but this has been a very particular packed episode. But um, Ayaz Patel of New Zealand, New Zealand spinner, New Zealand currently touring India, um, he took 10 wickets in an innings. He becomes only the third man ever to do that. He took all 10. That scorecard is hilarious to read because it's just all him in a row. I mean, India's still got 325. Um, and then went to bowl New Zealand out for 62. So, I mean, it, it was in a losing effort, God bless him. But my word, um, you know, and the interesting thing, he was not out as well at the end of that. that, that <laughs> he got not out. He was like, he's doing it all. I mean, he got not, not out, but still, that's not the point. Um, wow. Yeah, just, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then in the next innings, he took four. So he took 14 over the course of, an, over the course of a match, but absolute, you know, doing wonders there so i know spinners do well in um in um in, in india yeah india, yeah but my word yeah he got two two not outs for not as well so he was unbeaten as with the bat and took 14 wickets which what's is just, it, is it 10 for how many how many runs did he give away uh, how many runs did he give away uh let me check that for you 119 okay that's not bad 10 that's not that's like 10 10 for 119 is just crazy yeah yeah Crazy. So yeah, I mean, what a player! So wow. I, know, I know he was in a losing effort, but my word, what a, what an effort by him! That was, so, that was phenomenal. It's a night knighthood down there, isn't it? For for that, must be. <laughs> you think, wouldn't you? You would. 
uh, yeah, it looks like they've got a bit of a bit of a star for the future with him, anyway. So, well, maybe not even for the future. He's thirty-three. He's not. He's not that young. But uh, <laughs> you know, there we go. Spinners, spinners can play forever, can't they? There's no, there's no. Yeah, they're right. It's fine. Um, so yeah, though there were the two bits of other bits of news. Right, shall we get to very finally before we wrap up because it's been a long old podcast this one. Um, shall we get to the real life? Uh, Umpire Strikes Back. So this happened in a game of, it was like a U- European tournament. It was like European cricket series or something that I was watching. Um, and the baller comes in and bowls. You're at the crease and the batsman goes for a strange like little dill scoop type shot over his left shoulder. So he's kind of flicked it over his shoulder. The ball has come off the bat, hit the wicketkeeper's helmet. Yeah, as, as he's wearing it. Obviously, he's not just um, so hitting the the guy on the helmet. The wicketkeeper's a bit dazed. Looks around. The ball is looped up in the air and is caught by a different fielder. What do you give? I think he's out, isn't he? So, so the ball the ball gets delivered. He's gone for a ramp shot or a, a little a little flick. It's cracked the wiki. Ball's yep. gone out. Someone else has caught it. Yep. If it if the, the if the ball's kind of live and in the air, the wiki misses a scoop, hits his helmet, goes up, and the wiki catches it. I still think that's out. But I think because the equipment's being worn, just as though. Because if you were if you were on silly point, it could come off your box. But if you catch it, you, you catch it. Um, even if if someone was right next to you as well. So I don't think the same rule could be applied to the helmet if he's wearing it. So I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go without. I think. You are correct. Good decision. Ah, nice. Good decision. Now, according to the commentators, I didn't know if this was true or not. But according to the commentators, previously, as in up until last year, mm. coming off the wiki, his helmet while he was wearing it didn't count because it didn't count as a piece of equipment for some reason. I don't quite understand what it counted as. Right. But now, since as of this year, this is what the commentators told me anyway, um, that now counts as, like, as it's just another piece of equipment that he's wearing, like your shin pads or like anything else, and therefore it does count, and it was given out. Um, but yeah, there you are. Good stuff. I don't have my soundboard with me, but a definite ding to you. And uh, yeah, good work. Nice. Well, there I'll we are. Finishing on a positive note, and um, there we go. Thank you. Yeah. If you've stuck with us through all of that, thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, and if going you, on that roller coaster with us as well. That was a, that was a roller coaster. But that was that was yeah. We've been yeah all around the houses today. But if you have enjoyed that, then please give us a nice, lovely five star rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch with us, tell us how you are going to stay awake through all of the Ashes games. Um, or tell us if you're just going to sleep through them. That's fine too. Um, then do get in touch with us. We are on Twitter at Wrong End Podcast. We're also on Instagram at Wrong End Podcast. Or you can email us wrongendofthestick at hotmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you soon. We are definitely going to try and record more often throughout the Ashes. We'll try and do a little review after each Ashes match and come back and keep you informed and let us know how terribly our predictions are going. Or hopefully how well your prediction is going and how 
utterly dreadfully mind prediction is going. That's the <laughs> ultimate hope, isn't it? That is the hope. That is the hope. <laughs> well, thank you, and we will catch you next time. Cheers, everyone. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.